welcome to the Friday Nightmare Podcast. This is our annual award show where Scott and I will be <laughs> nominating and electing uh, movies that we feel are deserving of a, an award. Uh, this is our end of year show. And instead of just a top 10 list, we choose to do awards to recognize all that horror had to offer this year. I am one half of the hosting team, Heather Powell, coming to you today from Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. And with me to kick off this night of awards is... Mr. Smoke Show Crawford, coming to you from the town of Swartz Creek in the county of Genesee, in the state of Michigan, in the United States of America, in the North American continent, in the Western Hemisphere, on the planet Earth, in the Milky Way galaxy fully vaxxed, boosted, and waxed, and ready to climax. And if you can, please get me wet and feed me after midnight. I'm the man with the not-so-glorious beard. Well, actually, I'm the man with the glorious beard. <laughs> Screwed that up. Uh, yeah, yeah. A- keep AKA, going, keep going. <laughs> A.K.A. Mother of Cats. A.K.A. The Man with the Humongous Ego. A.K.A. Scott Housen. A.K.A. The Award Ceremonies. <laughs> the best award ceremony you can by far listen to scott and i are absolutely the experts on all things 2022 and there's no other show you need to listen to other than this one we got you covered you want not a basic bitch list of top tens Ooh. we give it to we're gonna give it to you you won't scott, be hearing about Halloween ends on this podcast. Well, I don't know. Maybe yeah. Scott will talk about it. Yeah. But we'll I will not be, that. I will not be talking about Halloween ends at all at anywhere anywhere in this shame. realm. Absolute um, shame. And here's the thing, I like the movie. I did. If you recall, I just don't think oh, it's no. out in any kind of shape or form this year. Um oh well, maybe it was sad at parts, you know. It was sad at we'll, parts. We'll we'll see where we'll see get if into it shows it. up. We'll get into it. So thank you for the constructive feedback about uh, us listing movies. Moving forward, I will list the movies that we talk about starting in 2023 uh, with with underneath the episode. So when Scott releases the episode cover page or announces on Facebook, I will include a comment that has all the movies that we talk about in that order. Um, I don't, I'm not going to ask ta- Scott to timestamp. That is a lot of work on his part. So I think us including in the comments, so you can go to the comments on Facebook and you will see the movies listed in order. And I'll probably just give one streaming service that you can find it on, you know, I'm not yeah. going to list if you can find it on Google and this and that, like if it's VOD, you know, you're renting it. Um, if it's anything else, you know, I'll indicate theaters or shutter or whatever, and you can look it up in your own country, but that was some great feedback. So we will be doing that moving forward. Um, yes, but makes sense, especially because of all the movies we watch, yes. we go through them so quickly. I'm, I'm sure we could publish the awards as well. I, I don't know how to do that. That's a lot of reading. Yeah. Um, um, well, in a mixture of both of our lists, I think, yeah. I think, you know, but this is the end of the year show. Everybody will have seen a good chunk of the movies. The ones that we don't, that people may not have, I'm sure they'll pick up in this and at least stick in their head or something. I think we'll release our top 10 that we will release on our Facebook page, each of our top 10s. But in terms of the awards, we have like 50 awards now and it would just be a big pain in the ass. And I don't think anyone's going to read them. Um, But I don't know if you really want them, message us and I'll send it to you via email. If you're really interested and you would like to see it, not a problem. I'm more than happy to send my list to you via email yep, and same. You can take a look. 
Um, but yes, we will do our top tens uh, and we will post them on Facebook as well. So let's get into it, Scotty, because well, this has been a year. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, like like as we always do right before we start the uh, awards, uh, like how many 2022s did you oh, end up watching? Oh, that's right. Okay, so my count for 2022s was 205. Nice. Now, I did not count the Cabinet of Curiosity films. I know you did. Uh, yeah, um, I only, but I only watched three of them, so. I watched eight. So I guess if I was to include the Cabinet of Curiosity series, that would be 213. Nice. Yeah, so we were close because, yeah, yeah, I was, uh, like, I think we were almost, well, last year you blew past me, but, like, uh, the year before that, we were both really close to each other. But I, I am at 220. And then nice. with the uh, first time older watches, I did 74, which I know yeah. you did way more than me. Yeah, I did 121. Nice. Um, and then I didn't really do a good job of capturing the non-horror movies I watched this year. That was probably a little bit of a mm. faux pas that I did not capture that as well. I only have two here. See how they run in 13 lives. But you know what? I know I watched other ones. Um, I did watch a lot of older films this year. Uh, I definitely did get caught up on a lot of other stuff. And that's thanks to the other podcasts that I'm on as well. Slumber Party Massacre. Right. Um, that kind of gets me to watch stuff that I've never seen before. Hashtag thank you, Letterbox. Like, can we just give a <laughs> shout out to fucking Letterbox for making this show possible? Because without Letterbox, I don't know if there would be an easy way to fucking track this shit. No, it would be difficult. And like our top tens would not be nearly as like uh, in depth because like we'd be like, shit, what did we watch this year? <laughs> right? Right? We'd be like, I don't know what I dodged. It would just be us panicking for like fucking three hours on this show. But, um, but yeah, it's a very exciting year. Uh, we're very excited to be giving our awards. You know, usually we have a guest with us. Uh, other years we've done a solo. This year we're doing a solo, which I prefer because we got a lot of fucking awards. And, yeah. you know, Scott talks enough. So we don't, <laughs> we don't need another chatterbox on this show besides me. On only me. So oh. why don't we start off, though? Uh, hashtag thank you, Shudder, again. Uh, Shudder for a fabulous year. This was a very hard category for me. I don't know how it was for Scott. Honestly, there was some fucking bangers this year on Shudder. It was really hard for me to choose even two. So Scott, would you like to go first or should I go first? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, okay. So yeah, the best Shudder film. So I, I got uh, with almost every category, I actually got a runner up this time. So the runner up for me was The Sadness. I yeah. just, uh, it was a mean spirited, violent movie. Like a lot of people know this film, but, uh, yeah, I, I dug it a lot. It was like kind of my thing. Um, but little too, uh, mean spirited to be the main film that I really loved. Mm. And the main film I loved from Shudder was Deadstream. Excellent choices. Great just, fucking films. I fucking love it. It's very, very evil deadish. It's very low budget. It's just fun it's fun gory and uh, hilarious at the same time it's just everything all wrapped in one could not agree more um excellent choices the sadness so just to scott and i might spoil, spoil parts of movies throughout this award show so please be warned um especially for some of our categories spoilers are needed to explain why we chose a movie so listen with caution please yeah um for me the runner-up was speak no evil Oh, I nice. thought Speak No Evil was another example of horror done right. I do appreciate Tim Davis's point from uh, Dummies of Horror that, you know, you, you do really dislike the parents towards the end and question some of the decisions that they're making. But I find that the slow buildup and the relationship interaction 
between everyone involved was fucking phenomenal and yeah. is what a good storytelling should be. And the one that creeped me out the most that I enjoyed the most this year, as I said, there were some great ones. Uh, Gloria skated very close to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but who invited them? Nice. I thought who invited them was exceptional party invasion horror house invasion stranger danger done fucking right excellent acting excellent layers of the stories both of these two movies had layers to them um they you know sometimes a movie like the sadness which is phenomenal but it's what you see is what you get right there's an outbreak shit goes down and there's some pretty gross scenes in the sadness as well too yeah um but these two films focused more on levels of relationship building and stuff going on and shutter just nailed it this year ladies and gentlemen if you do not have a shutter's account it is worth the money you pay um one of the better streaming services out there um, so yeah, I'll let you take on the next one. All right. So yeah, great choices. Cause yeah, I wanted to say like, uh, both the films you picked were the main characters were put in very awkward, uncomfortable situations. And it was, yeah. it's what pretty much keeps you going in those movies. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, the next category is best Netflix film. Oof, this was not a, this, uh, this one was, well, I should say, this one was easy because there really yeah. wasn't a lot. No, there wasn't. Um, For, uh, do you, uh, we'll get, I'll let you go first on this one. So. Sounds good. We'll do it alternating. Whoever yeah. introduces it, the other person goes first. Um, You know, Netflix tried with a couple this year. There was even the one that came out earlier this year called The Privilege, which wasn't too bad. Um, But it just didn't hit it home. And for me, personally, people will debate whether this runner up is a horror movie or not. I don't really care. But The Desperate Hour with Naomi Watts, Uh, simply for her performance in this film, uh, simply as being a mother who is trying to find out whether her son is the shooter or a victim at a school shooting only having her iPhone as a means of communication, being the only actor in this movie. You know, I know that she was in the other remake that came out this year. Shit, what was it called? Good Night Mommy. Good Night Mommy. Um, I think she overacted from what I hear in that one. I think in Desperate Hour, she was right on the fucking money. Um, Yeah, like she, you know, if people don't know what this movie is, it's about basically a mother that is on a run, going on a run, like regular just exercise, when she gets a call from the school basically saying there is a school shooting happening, and she is far from home and needs to try to find a way to get there as soon as possible and is freaking out, so it's, you know, Well, and I think the biggest thing is her trying to figure out who her son is. Yes. And as I said, we're going to skip spoilers here, and what gave the power of this is, is he the aggressor or is he a victim? And you really don't know. Right. Like, you really don't know where he stands and i thought that was a really good movie uh but for me the best film on netflix this year was old people i, think I knew that was gonna be your pick i uh, got me in the feels especially when they're in the retirement community and all they want to do is listen to the music that's being played and people are kind of dicks to them like we are to our older folks none of that's you know made up and they rebel and I don't give a fuck where their superhuman old people strength came from. It's fucking scary. And I think what's also really scary is the nursing home conditions and the realities that's talked about in that film. And that is a North American problem too. That is not oh, just 100%. And by any stance of the imagination restricted to, um, I can't remember the country of orange. I think it was Spain, Spanish. Uh, yeah, I think it was Spain. Spanish. Um, or, yeah, Spanish Spain. Film. Yeah. So excellent film. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, it is available in dubbing and it is available um in subtitles if you prefer and that's on netflix so scott what are yours nice uh well 
I uh, was going to say, uh, also just a heads up for some people, Desperate Hour, I do not believe is on American Netflix. I oh, think is that's it just Canadian. on Canadian Netflix? Yep. Okay. But uh, for me, Old People was my runner up. Nice. And because, yeah, just because of what you, everything you just said. Uh, but for me, I looked at this one as what film would I be willing to like, would I just, did I enjoy more? And for me, it was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Good it was, movie. It yeah, was it was fun. Movie. Yeah, it was fun. It was like, I don't, I don't get the hate. I mean, yeah, it's not, not like the old TCM movies and anything like that, but neither were a lot of the sequels. They were all just kind of weird, bat shit and crazy. This one was less the series bad shit crazy. It's the weirdest fucking franchise on the entire planet. Oh, 100%. Nothing makes sense. So take it or leave it. It was a decent film that came out on Netflix this year. Yeah. Like it's just, uh, you got the, well, I guess you would say Gen, uh, Gen Z characters in this one, mm. uh, like yeah, just the way they are and trying to uh what was it gentrify this little town yeah yeah and yet the leatherface ain't having it and it was yeah. just super no gory. one was having it no like, one was having it yeah no the only part i thought was just kind of wasted was uh sally returning yeah i didn't get the point of that but that's just like hey it worked in halloween <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> right and i mean and i gotta give them props because they're like hey sally's back and you're thinking oh yeah she's gonna survive no she doesn't yeah no she doesn't uh she gets fucked so yeah yeah, so Netflix, that's, that's about your three good movies. So thanks for bringing those to the table this year, Netflix. Yeah, right. Um, best on demand. So this one's a little tricky because sometimes, like, for example, I can't always get movies that Scott can get on Hulu, mm-hmm. um, right? Or whatever the case may be. So this one's a little more of a tricky category. So um, I'm interested to see what Scott has for his picks. All right. So um, for best on demand, what we mean by this is like ones that you can uh, rent. Yeah. And uh, the two that uh, the runner up that I chose is soft and quiet because fucking hell, like I like I've said on the podcast before, I didn't know if I hated this movie or loved it for what it did. Like it, it no matter what, this movie made me fucking feel emotions that I did not want to feel. And it stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Like everything about this film, like the acting was incredible. It was hard to watch because it's how real it is. Yeah. But goddamn, I couldn't, uh, I could not leave this off of this list. Um, but my best of video on demand and worth the money, no matter what, is the faux documentary, when this uh, horror comedy, when the screaming starts. Oh, we chose the same thing. Okay, nice. Yeah. I just absolutely love this. The characters were all hilarious. It was uh, pretty much a Charles Manson wannabe trying to build this cult of people that are going to invade people's homes and kill people. And he had a documentarian with following them around. And it's just one thing goes wrong after another. And the people that he chose for his group are just absolutely freaking hilarious. Oh, my God. (laughs) A really funny British film that came out this year. Like a really funny that doesn't get with the exception of a few podcasters the love that it deserves like it was really fucking funny and i think soft and quiet is one of those sleeper hits this year um that people may not have watched which is surprising that it came from blumhouse um but very very well done and scott and i had the exact same movies that we chose for on demand so that's that is hilarious wow that doesn't happen often that we have both runner up and number one at the same time it doesn't so we'll jump to our next one our next category all right so the next category is best amazon prime film um this can be taken a couple different ways you could take it as uh 
Prime exclusive, like the films they made themselves, mm-hmm. or just ones that you can find on Prime. Um, mine's a mix of the two. Um, my uh, runner-up was, or actually, no, sorry, passing off to you. Oh yeah, my runner-up was Midnight. Nice. I thought Midnight was an exceptionally well done movie this year. Excellent, excellent. Thai. It was a Thai film, I believe. Was it Thai? I, I, uh, I think it was. Uh, I no, it was, South, it, was South it was South Korean. It was South Korean. Um, excellent, excellent film. Excellent antagonist. Excellent protagonist. Very, very good. People who haven't checked it out yet, please go watch it. Um, but I enjoyed Ivana. Um, nice. Snuck that in at the end of the year. Thank you, Dave Bailey, for your recommendation. Thought it was a great possession ghost story. Great. It's continuing with a specific universe. So it's like whatever, like their version of the Conjuring universe, like, like this is a build onto that. Um, and I really, really dug it. I thought it was a really good film. So those are my two for Prime. Nice. Well, we did have one that was uh, the same, but uh, I will give my runner up first, which was not mentioned. And that is Run Sweetheart Run. Good one as well. I like, you know, kind of a heavy content, like with the whole, uh, you know, woman getting uh, assaulted, basically. Yeah. But the way it is done is like, it doesn't show anything. It's very stylized and very uh, break the fourth wall because mm-hmm. the antagonist is, I thought the antagonist was excellent. He was yeah. fucking creepy. He had like this like charm to him, like when he was being like a good guy, but when he turned the, turned it off to be like his evil part, he was frightening. And he was also, I love the fact that he's like talking to us as an audience going, you don't need to see this. And like uses his hand to like force the camera away from us, basically. Or well, and making us away. willingly um, a participant in the silence, yes. right? Um, and yeah, no, excellent film. Excellent, excellent film that came out on Prime. Again, Prime was slim pickings this year, but I would yeah. say those are the ones that really did. Um, rise well, that was my runner up. Um, oh, I've just, I figured one was already the one that you chose, but uh, no, uh, the one that I chose, the one that we both chose together though, was midnight. Yeah. I, that's, I knew you were going to say that. So, but, but I didn't say it. So <laughs> I know. Sorry, Scott, but we knew that it was the third one. There's only three that were <laughs> like, we but, both watched the nanny. I think you watched the nanny too. Yeah. Right? I, well, I stopped about halfway through. Oh, yeah, it was disappointing. Was, yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, Ivana, I had audio issues and never got a chance right, to get back to it. Right, right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I absolutely loved Midnight. The characters were just like amazing. The performances were amazing. The tension is extremely high. Once again, thank you, Dave Bailey, for introducing yeah. this one, bringing this one to our attention as well. Um, but uh, yeah, you got the next category. Well, and that's interesting. Two internationals and one oh yeah, like domestic, right? Yeah. We're seeing a lot of internationals so far, actually. Speak No Evil, Old People, uh, When the Screaming Starts, Ivana, Midnight. The like, Sadness. Sadness. Like a lot of good international horror films. If you're not watching international horror, you really are missing out. Um, best Hulu films. So for me, I watched Hulu films through a good friend's Plex. I don't have Hulu. So I'll let Scotty go first with his runner-up and first choice. All right. So uh, for this one, I chose Hulu exclusives. I, because I mean, there could have been a, there is a list of movies you could have picked from this, like that are on Hulu, but uh, like The Curse and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, But what I ended up going with was just the ones that Hulu produced themselves and they fucking nailed it this year. They did a lot of really they good They did films. great stuff this year. Yeah. Um, But the runner up was Prey, the prequel like, Predator, because I just nice. love that this was based 
in the 1700s and like that you were following a Comanche tribe yes. and, and that everyone like was from that Comanche tribe, like from a Comanche heritage. Yeah. Like, so there was just perfect casting and the look of the predator was more uh, primitive and I loved the look of it. It was terrifying. Yeah. The CGI animals are, yeah, 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 you forgive it, but man, I just had a blast with this film. It was just really just well done predator film, which is rare to say nowadays. Cause that, there hasn't been a good predator film in a very long time. Very true. Very true. Um, but my favorite uh, Hulu exclusive film has to go to Hellraiser. Nice. The fucking 2022 readaptation starring Jamie Clayton as the hell priest herself. This film was everything I was hoping it for, hoping it to be. It had a great, interesting story. They actually focused more on the lore of the Lament configuration or Larmachan's box um, and like the different configurations it could turn into and what uh, prizes they would give you for turning it into that. And the antagonists in this, whether it is the Cenobites or uh, Voight himself, were all really good. And yeah, the, the look of the Cenobites, fucking incredible and creepy. Absolutely. It is an amazing, amazing film. And I'm so happy to see a good Hellraiser again. Nice. And that was my runner up for every reason you said. And also I was, I thought that they represented addiction well in this film. Yes. Um, And the main protagonist, I like that she wasn't your traditional, like she looked like someone that was going through alcohol and drug issues. And I thought they did a really good job of that. I really respected that about this film. Um, My best Hulu film was Fresh. Uh, fresh for yeah you knew you knew was definitely one of my favorite films this year great take on cannibalism uh dating everything um a narcissist like great bad guy excellent acting great dialogue excellent film uh not a lot of people talked about that one this year i found or they talked about it earlier on in the year and we and we've kind of been overwhelmed with a bunch of other in my opinion mediocre other movies that came out in comparison um so i'm glad that we can you know, rebring up some fresh ones here. <laughs> so ah, fresh. But both of us like Hellraiser, and I think that really does speak to the fact that that was a very good, I guess, sequel, prequel, reimagining, whatever you want to fucking call it. It was, it was great. It was, it was nice to bring it back to some seriousness and make it scary again. One hundred percent. And I'm hoping they continue like making sequels with uh with this world of Hellraiser. Agreed. Agreed. All well, right. our next, our next, just me, right? No, it's me. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so the next category is Best Theatrical Release. Now, you all heard Heather and I's disagreement on what we thought of theatrical releases this year. I turned heel. You did. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I thought this year theatrical releases was fucking awesome. But, you know, We'll leave. We'll give it off. Hand it off to Heather to hear what her thoughts are. Yeah, and I made no hint that uh, my top ten will have very, very few theatrical hmm. releases in it. Um, I did not think this was the strong year for the theaters. That being said, I think there were some standouts. Uh, runner up for me is Barbarian. Excellent fucking film. I, nice. you know, I. Uh, the acting, the characters, the the integrating stories, the the main protagonist. I I Justin Long just being a piece of shit. Like I don't know. Right. Like, there was just some really great stuff in this film, and I really really enjoyed the filming of it, the putting together of it. It's what a solid movie should be. And Scott knows what my number one's going to be. Best theatrical release was Don't Worry, Darling. Oh. I think this movie did. Are you surprised? I was thinking it was something else. No, Don't Worry, Darling definitely was. A movie that will stick with me that I recommend that I think is speaks other language. You know, it's it's everything I wanted in a film. 
And it's a little light on the horror, but as you heard me talk about before, people use that argument and then they go in like something that has very little horror in it. So, right. you know, I, I think that that is probably the best theatrical release that came out this year, though there were some other strong theatrical performances. They just weren't for me, uh, but there were some other great tie The year of Ty West, I think I will still stand by. Uh, this was the year of Ty West. Uh, these are not Ty West films, but much respect for him and what he released this year. Yeah, 100%. Um, and yeah, great choices. And yeah, I did not expect, uh, I, I didn't think about Don't Worry Darling. I was mm. thinking, I was thinking uh, Jordan Peele. Oh yeah, like I like Nope a lot, but that wasn't, no, nah. All right, so mine, uh, my runner up um, was Smile. I just loved yeah. this movie to pieces. I rewatched, I was doing a lot of rewatches towards the end of the year too kind of like figure out like where everything's gonna go on my lists and all and for the awards and stuff like that and yeah smile even on a rewatch i loved it even more um it does a great job of uh basically representing trauma and uh how trauma always is with you no matter what and you just got to learn how to cope with it and like yeah obviously this is like a curse film kind of like along the lines of the ring and it follows and mm -hmm. it takes mm -hmm. a lot of cues from that but i found it did it in a very very entertaining way and you had a lot of jump scares but for once i can say that most of these jump scares felt well earned like they were i agree creepy i agree um, but my number one film heather did mention it and that is barbarian i yeah fucking love this film for this was so much fun to see in theaters because i went in not knowing a damn thing about this film and man did it have me like second guessing everything and being completely wrong like and just completely wrapped like i just love how it's filmed it's filmed like it's three different movies wrapped into one uh with the different acts that it has and it's shot so beautifully with the cinematography and they couldn't have chose a better location for a creepy neighborhood like in that i'm i think it was uh belvedere or something like that in detroit uh and because that place does look like that and it's very very unsafe have you been there i was there a long time ago as a dumb teenager oh really yeah and you, you don't want to go there no like you don't even, want to go down that road and even back then it was like better than what it showed but it was really still, but it was you could tell it was falling apart like that oh. that area um, but yeah, I, for uh, a director, once again, a director that is known for his comedy stuff, like I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, um, not, but uh, I thought this was just amazing, it had a lot of tension, great characters, Justin Long being a fucking just piece of shit, piece of shit that is totally doing the whole Me Too, Me Too movement and embracing the like embracing that slimy role like but yeah, this movie, excellent. he really does play a slime ball well. Oh, he does. He really does. Yeah, it was that, uh, and I, he is definitely the male scream queen now. Oh, he a hundred percent is like, how could he not be? Right. Yeah. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad that you had those as well. That's cool. Uh, yes, I guess we can move on to the next category. Yeah. Well, Tubi originals, right? So this yeah. was the year of Tubi as well. Uh, when Scott and I first agreed to do the Tubi watch, I don't think we thought that we were going to actually really like a bunch of Tubi films. I think we just thought, hey, Uncorked isn't putting out much right now. Let's switch it over and do Tubi. And oh, I really enjoyed some of these Tubi films. Um, yeah, same. Honorable mention, mention to the Bachelor one. That was hilarious. Uh, oh, uh, Final Rose. <laughs> Final Rose. That shit was jokes. Um, not a good movie by any stance, but really fucking funny. So 
you know, I definitely recommend it to people. Um, if you want to watch something that's just really, really silly. Uh, but for me, uh, the runner, oh, I know it's for you. Cause I'm introducing it. Sorry. Hey, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. So for me, the runner up was bed rest. Uh, I thought this was a very, a very good, like well-produced film with really good acting and a lot of like tension. You know, it's about a mother, mother to be that basically starts having, uh, issues like with the pregnancy where she is told, you have to stay in bed for the next eight weeks. Do not do a damn thing or you're going to lose this baby. And they just moved into this new house. And yeah, the, basically the house is haunted. And it's uh, very, very well done. Like I was very, this was like one that came out towards the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, uh, my favorite of the 2B originals was Requiem for a Scream. I found this one just to be a very fun slasher. Um, and I think it was like they went to a like what was it, a cabin in the woods type yeah. resort thing, and yeah, just get kept getting picked off one by one. And I just enjoyed the characters, even the asshole character, like asshole woman in this one, and like yeah. just the drama that was going on there just made this very entertaining. And then yeah, I found the kills to be very fun, and yeah, just an, an all around entertaining slasher film. So I said the same thing, only reversed. Really? <laughs> yeah, Rec Room for a Screen was my runner-up, and Bed Rest was my first. That's awesome. Nice. So, yeah. So, shout out, Tubi. Keep going, Tubi. You got this. Let's see what you got in 2023 for Entertainment Factor. Um, right. So now we're moving more away from streaming, yep. and this is the part where Scott and I give awards for you know, specific things or themes that happen in a film. So the first one is Best Bloodbath. So, Scotty, mm, one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, so, for this uh, best bloodbath, the way I look at uh, the bloodbath category is multiple, like a uh, just a very violent multiple deaths type scenario. Um, so, for me, I ended up going with my runner-up, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Bus Massacre, because mm. Leatherface just fucking slaughtering all those Gen Zers, and just it's you finally get a chainsaw massacre. Yes, in a cha yes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, and yes. it was fucking glorious. Agreed. Um, but my number one for this was the sadness on the subway car massacre when right. the when the when the uh, main character and uh is on the bus and the guy next to her is just being like one of those uh misogynistic assholes that's like hey what do they call uh incels basically he's like hey i'm talking to you like why aren't you talking back to me i'm a nice guy type thing and then all of a sudden he just turns and then everybody just starts killing each other and others get turned and others start killing each other and just oh it gets like the floor is coated in blood, the walls coated in blood. People are just getting ripped apart in violent yeah. ways. Like it's just gruesome. Yeah. But yeah, those were the two that stuck out to me this year. Absolutely. Fucking awesome. My runner up was Feed Me. Um, <laughs> I felt like there was some pretty epic blood in that film. There was it with the thing with Feed Me is it's slow. Yeah. He's eating this dude slowly and this dude is bleeding slowly so for majority of the movie he's bleeding and covered in blood and bleeding out at a very slow pace and he's removing appendices from him and all this he murders his date in the bathroom at a chinese restaurant it's just gonzo so a different look that i gave to bloodbath but to me it was just blood throughout um and then of course terrifier 2 i think terrifier 2 this year delivered uh, when it came to blood, lots of blood, <laughs> yeah, everywhere, human blood, animal blood, make believe blood, real blood, all the blood, all the blood. 
fake blood in bathrooms, real blood in bathrooms. It was all in this film. So congratulations, Terrifier 2, for making us all bleed. And same to the sadness as well. Both really stood out in gory and disturbing, I think, yeah. as well. Right? Yes. And so the next category is Best Kill. Mm. which so like this is one where like i look at it as like uh, a single kill that just stood out to you so funny that you said the bus scene because that's my best kill nice my runner-up sorry my runner-up so i really felt like that bus scene was excellent for the kills that occurred in it it was just slice and dicing and then the best kill goes to terrifier to the bedroom scene um <laughs> that is mine that's my <laughs> number it? one yep <laughs> The most drawn out, ridiculous kill you could think of, but man, was it well done. And I can understand for people that aren't seasoned horror fans, making them uncomfortable. Absolutely. Right. But like for those of us who've been around a while, we know what we are walking into, but yeah, it was, it was intense. Yeah. Um, so I'll give my runner up and then just talk yeah. quickly about my thoughts on that. But uh, my runner up was in Barbarian, uh, AJ's death, which is uh, the death of a uh, What's his name? We just talked about him, the asshole. Justin Long. Justin Long's character at the very end where she just basically grabs him from behind around the face and just splits his head open. Awesome. It's a just it's not the goriest kill, but it's the best kill just because of how much of a piece of shit he is and see the shit that happened to him at the end there. Mm -hmm. Um and then yeah, the alley bedroom scene in Terrifier 2. It is so fucking mean spirited and so much happens to this poor girl like she should not be alive at all at the end but i mean she gets her arm broke off and ripped off oh crazy fucking scalped her eyes sliced open yeah fucking uh like she gets uh the scalpel in the back and then he does like he just rips her back open and then not only that then he starts pouring salt on her and then he fucking just starts ripping apart her leg and eating parts of her while she's still alive it's like jesus christ like the shit this poor girl went through in this in this scene and it's and it's all shown to you in just bloody gory detail like so props to the special effects and yeah this is the scene where three people walked out of the theater when i watched it on the big screen and there is good reason yeah it can be intense right for people if they're not if that's not like if you don't know that's what you're walking into i get it right like i get it um so our next one is uh, someone you can get behind and two people can be named here. So Scotty. All right. So I kind of sort of uh, lumped, uh, cheated a little bit. So I could not find the, uh, so what I'm going to say is Jin Ki-ju as Kim Kyung-mi and, and her mother in Midnight. I could not find the mother's name because on IMDb, there was no picture. It was just all like, besides Aww. just the main girl. So I cannot give the actress's name. I don't know which one it was. But I found them to be uh, just like you wanted wanted them to just survive. Like you felt for them. They were just so mm-hmm. such characters you could root for. Um, and I just absolutely was behind them all the way through the film. And like even made me tear up a little bit with some of the stuff that well, they are going through. The uh, other character, though, uh, was David Hall in Day of Disappearance. Yeah, I just felt I just loved this. He was just a lovable, dorky nerd that I just loved. And it's just like this very independent found footage film. And there really wasn't a lot going on horror wise, but he was the main thing on the screen. And I just I just adored him. I thought he was just like a sweet, lovable nerd. And yeah, yeah, 
Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. My two are Noah from Fresh, the, the female protagonist. Nice. I thought she did a good job of being smart and trying to outsmart the dude who was keeping these women to kill them. And she knew that was going to be her fate and basically manipulating his feelings for her. And uh, Sienna from uh, Sierra, Sienna from uh, Terrifier yeah, 2. Yeah. I thought she was excellent. Uh, great final girl. Very badass. What more could you want? Um, she did a great job and I yeah, look forward to seeing her back again. Yeah. I fucking love her. She just did such an amazing job. Awesome. Um, so the next one is someone who you can hate or fear two can be named here. So what did you choose Heather? So, um, you'll give the proper name for them. I'm sure. But if they, if you chose these groups, uh, soft and quiet, the white assholes is what I called them. Um, though they're, what are they considered? The, the are Aryans. The Aryans. Uh, Aryan, I think is what it is. Aryans, like basically Nazis. Like an Aryan. Yeah, they're basically Nazis. Um, and they're pieces of shit. And these women did a really great job of pre- presenting a bunch of racist pieces of shit. So very good acting. And I do believe it's acting because I think if you really do think that way, you're not going to be in a movie that's kind of villainizing you. You're mm-hmm. going to be in a movie that's like for you. So obviously they had to pull from an area that they probably really don't feel about um, the way that they presented that film. And that requires more talent in order to be able to do that. Um, and then someone who I thought was a real bully this year that really didn't get uh, acknowledged. I think this movie got pushed over because some people found it annoying was Alex from Sissy. I thought Alex was a real piece of shit to Sissy. And like, I understood why Alex didn't like her because of something that Sissy did when they were kids. But to me, it wasn't worth the mistreatment that Sissy was given. Right. She was bullied and ostracized to the point that when she fights back, I didn't really feel bad for anyone in that film. I felt like I was rooting for her the entire time. So those were some characters I thought that did a good job of making you either not care about them because you hated them so much or really, really hate them and be like, these guys are pieces of shit. I wish like Vintilante Judge Justice would come through and I could get to them kind of thing, right? Yep, I totally get that. And yeah, I'm kind of right there with you with uh, my picks in a way. Uh, so the Aryan, Aryan group from Soft and Quiet was one of them because, yep, just fuck those types of people. And yeah. I hated everything. I wanted everything bad to happen to them. And unfortunately, <laughs> right? that film did not do that. No, I'm, no. It leads to possibly something bad happening to them down like towards at the very end. But who knows? Yeah. Um, the other one, though is uh, someone that you pretty much are following the entire movie as your main character, and I could not fucking stand her, and that is because of uh, my political beliefs, and that is Annie Annie Hardy from Dashcam, the freaking psycho, mega, freaking Trump supporter, anti-masker, anti-vaxxer that's just, like, spouting her opinions and just basically doing everything that you would roll your eyes at to someone in real life. And unfortunately these type of people exist. They sure do. Don't they Scotty? Yeah, they sure do. You know, we should talk about Rob Humphreys on the show like that. But... <laughs> right, Rob. Oh, Rob. Rob's always like Heather, he'll make America great again. <laughs> Listen to Shalasha radio for more of Rob's views. Politically. Oh, hear what a, what a, what are, what are they called? Mega. Mega. Yeah. Make yeah, America mega. great again. <laughs> mega. That's right. Um, our next one. Oh, wait, no, it's your turn, right? No, my turn. Yep, we just track that. My turn. Okay. Best tearjerker moment in horror. Oh man, this I had to think about. I'm like, was I sad at all this year? <laughs> I, had to I know. Back. I, I, it took me a little bit, but like, right. uh, as soon as I found, like, as soon as I seen the movies, I'm like, oh, yep. Yeah, okay. I had to really think about it, so I'm interested to hear what you have to say. All right. So 
Um, my runner up was uh the death of Candido in all the moons. The uh the Aww. priest, the guy that brought in mm. the little girl and uh like was raising her while she was like basically, you know, she's a vampire and he's raising her and unfortunately as the years go on you know he gets old and sick and passes away and i just found that scene when she's by his bedside like taking his last breath and the like what they were saying to each other was just it it made me tear up it was just a very sad moment and then my uh other one was or my main one was uh the death of lee in bones and all the uh marin's basically boyfriend yeah. And that made me just sad. Like I knew it was going to happen because that's just how that type of film always plays out. Yeah. Like, I called it from the beginning, but it still hit me in the feels. You know what? We're going to have such different answers for that. I had a feeling. So, uh, they live in the gray, the ghost reveal. Mm. When you realize that the ghost is protecting the little girl mm-hmm. and then you see what the mom is doing, trying to do to the little girl. And you realize all along that the go- that the ghost was... Like there's a part where she throws a little girl in the closet, pushes the dresser in front and stands in front. And it makes me emotional talking about it. Like, I just find that scene very powerful that this ghost was who everyone thought was the bad was actually trying to protect this little girl from her mother. who yeah. was abusing her. Yeah. That um, was a very, just like, right? that was heartfelt right there. When I would seen that, I was just like, right? oh. and it's a movie that I think got swept under the rugs. It was released earlier this year and not a lot of people watched it. And I think it's a really good movie to go back and watch on shutter. Um, and then the other one, the boyfriend dying in the sadness. Oh yeah. Like he goes through so much to, to save get her, yeah. to get to her. And then like, it all goes to shit. Yeah. I remember being like, oh fuck, like, come on. We couldn't have trained us on this up a little bit and made it kind of a happy ending. No. Like, no, this was just like, no, no fucking happiness for you. Like, <laughs> so those were the two that stood out for me this year. Yeah, we definitely had different uh, yeah. different versions in this one. I like it. Yeah. Um. All right. So uh, on from tearjerker moments to best feel good film. Oh, and this yeah. one was this one. I Because I remember messaging you and I was losing my damn mind going, what is a feel good film? There was nothing that had a, like a feel good ending is kind of what I was looking for. And I couldn't think of anything that had a feel good ending. So I went with more like lighthearted stuff. So I'll pass it on to you to see what you ended up picking. Well, I just chose one for this. Um, and that was Cursed Friends. <laughs> That's one of mine. So I think about it now and it makes me laugh. <laughs> like, it's just so, like, don't take it seriously for people in their, like, late 30s and 40s <laughs> making fun of shit. Like, the part where the guy's listening to Running Up That Hill. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It's such a I'm laughing away at it right now. Um, and I guess a little special acknowledgement to Spirit Halloween. That was a very cute, feel-good, little funny movie to this year that came out. Uh, but yeah, Cursed Friends to me was a feel-good, like, I'll watch that movie again because I find it. Was, I thought it was so fucking funny. I'm laughing just thinking about it. It was so funny. I loved it. And, that is, and it's hilarious because Spirit Halloween was my runner-up and Cursed Friends was my pick. <laughs> so yes, you nailed it. Like, nice. they're both just lighthearted. Uh, Spirit Halloween was more of a lighthearted family friendly mm-hmm. Halloween hocus pocus style film where cursed friends was just more just laugh your ass off nothing's scary in it no. it's just all being absolutely silly <laughs> like but when it's just they're in so the fun. truck and he's like you know what they say about guys with big trucks she's like no you don't have to say he's like no I do you don't know what I'm gonna say I have a small penis <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love that scene so much <laughs> it's so funny 
<laughs> and Spirit Halloween's just super cute. Yeah. It's super cute. Christopher Lloyd's great. His voice acting in it is awesome. Oh, he's always fun. Yeah, right? But yeah, we didn't have a lot of like feel good. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely more of a like, I don't know. I didn't find any real strong emotions came from me this year. Except yeah, I, for a couple. Yeah, so there were some strong emotions, but just not in the, like, feeling good emotions. Yeah, no, there wasn't feeling good, no. Uh, punch in the gut. So this is where you're like, oh, like, uncomfortable, you know, whatever, however you interpret it. So, Scotty, what was your punch in the gut this year? Oh, man. So my runner-up for this was Speak No Evil, the uh, the last third act when the family gets picked yeah. back up by the people they were staying with, and they end up cutting the little girl's tongue out and stealing her away. And then just, the obviously, this is where Tim Davis got upset because, like, the family, the parents didn't really fight uh, fight as much as he thought they should have. But these parents were kind of cowards in that way. Um, But like not only, you know, having that happen to your little daughter, but then to also get brought out in the middle of nowhere and then stoned to death. And just like there is no happy ending there. That that was just a dark, just punch in the gut moment Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. But my main award for this goes to Soft and Quiet just we had the same whole fucking film (laughs) god damn oh man the whole film was angry so scott and i had the same thing for this by the way like even runner up and everything yeah that is amazing yeah yeah this didn't this hasn't happened the last couple years like we had like some similarities but not both wow and you did a great job of describing i don't need to add anything to speak no evil and i think for soft and quiet like it's it's you feel like you're spying on a conversation and you yeah. keep hoping somebody's going to change their mind or someone's a mole and they're not. Yeah. Or they're you're hoping that pieces of shit. Or you're hoping that one of these characters survives and somehow gets revenge on them at towards the end or something. And no, yeah. like obviously someone survives, but it's no revenge. Unfortunately, it's just yeah. fucking punch. Soft and quiet too. fucking shit up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Scott and I, we're going to make the movie. We're going to go after these actors. Soft and quiet too. fuck the Nazis. <laughs> oh man but those were two fucking punches in the guts man yeah they were they were all right uh, so the next category is uh all the feelings <laughs> relationships so uh this one can be like family relations or can be like romantic relations um so i'm kind of curious to see where heather went with this one so i'll pass it on to you um so my runner-up is shut in I thought the love this mother had for her children as she's locked in a closet and there's a known sex offender out there with her kids and she's trying to protect them and keep this guy away from her children while being so helpless was very, very emotional for me. Um, And I think it showed the strength that she had of the relationships with her, with her children. And Scott's going to be really shocked by this one. I did not love this film. But I do think the relationship between the two main characters was what it was supposed to be. And it's love, uh, bones and all. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. So uh, we do have one similar. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, my runner up was, uh, I don't know if you ever ended up, ever ended up watching this one, Heather, but uh, Madeline's. No. Um, but yeah, this one stars, uh, it is the romantic relationship between Madeline and Owen. Madeline was played by Bria Grant and Owen was by Perry Shen. They are a husband and wife science team, basically, that uh, figure out time travel. And uh, when uh, Madeline decides to test it on herself, she, like, goes back in time and comes back. But then when she comes back, she uh, has now created multiple versions of herself that are showing up from different realities and, like, 
and they have to kill her, kill off their other versions and just like the stress and toll it takes on Perry. So kind of like Duel. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, kind of like Duel. Yeah, Another sleeper like, hit of this year that a lot of people didn't talk about. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, but no, like the emotions that you see Perry Shen going through as he's having to kill off his different versions of his wife over and over and over. Because every single day at the exact same time, a new Madeline will appear. And he has, they have to constantly kill him all, kill her off, kill her off, kill her off. And it's just like a toll on him and a toll, obviously, on Madeline herself. And like, but you see that love that they have for each other. And it's just, yeah, all the feelings. And then, of course, uh, Bones and all, Marin and Lee's relationship, like it is just young romance. Like they find that connection. You find that someone that basically has, that shares a certain connection with you. And like, they are just with each other through the end. And it's, yeah, it it took me for a roller coaster of feelings. All the feels, right? That's why we have that there. I uh, didn't see that coming. There was a lot of twist endings this year. Yeah. There was. Okay, I'm going to give one just now. That's not my choice, but I just got to acknowledge Orphan 2 or whatever the Orphan fucking prequel was. Slow clap. I went into that movie thinking that was going to be a big piece of shit, but the reveal of that maybe made that movie fucking hilarious. <laughs> yep, that is my runner up. Uh, I would just get wanted to give it a random shout out because it's not really a great plot twist, but it's funny. <laughs> like well, it's <laughs> it's it's as our title for this award says, we didn't see it coming. Didn't see it coming. Didn't see that. Oh man, you got you, if you haven't seen Orphan, this, you gotta watch this prequel. It's fucking it's jokes. Like yeah, it really just, is. It's jokes. <laughs> go uh, if you go in expecting Orphan all over again. You'll be in for a surprise because that's both what Heather and I went in thinking. Yeah. I think almost everybody went in thinking, yeah. okay, this is just going to be more of the same. And yeah, when that twist happens, it's just like, what the? Okay, I'm on board with this. This is going to be fun. Right. Um, but no, my uh, main one was uh, Old Man. Uh, and it was the conversation, be- I forget the character's name, but the old man and the young guy that shows up at his house. Yeah. The old man has gone kind of like completely crazy. Like he's just isolated in this cabin and he's just been staying like out in this mountainside, no one around. And this guy just randomly shows up and like, they just basically have this confrontation. And then you realize that basically this old man has been suffering Alzheimer's and a bit of dementia. And he is hallucinating. The reveal is he is hallucinating that he is talking uh, to himself as a younger version. When the young version of himself ran into the woods to hide in the cabin. And he is, but you don't realize that's what's happening until the very end when all this shit gets revealed. There's more to this twist that I'm not going to say, but yeah, just finding out that it's like, oh, he's just seeing himself and talking to himself this whole time. And this happens to him every single day and he forgets it and it happens again. Oh, so he has some kind of like dementia yeah. kind of thing. Okay. And so it's just kind of heartbreaking and sad to see that happen. You're like, oh, shit. But yeah, excellent movie. And that twist just, yeah, caught me completely off guard. Nice. Uh, my my real runner up was Fall. Like there's a scene in Fall where I was like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, I didn't expect much from that film. You know, it was a pretty basic, we're going to climb a tower. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <Yep>. SpaghettiOs. <laughs> we're stuck on the tower now. But there's a part where you think a character's one thing and then you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, no, dear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a pickle. Um, and then my number one was Glorious. Nice. Oh, yeah. that I uh, didn't see that coming. Yeah, that one was a nice shock. Nope. 
nope nope very very well done very well acted and delivered that uh that fucking nailed it so yeah nice great choice is that anything about glorious but yeah that's a great choice right um so yeah i guess we get to go on to surprisingly low budget um I will give your, uh, I will pass it on to you, but there is one I will give a shout out to afterwards that's not on my honorable, er. You can give it out now. Give it now. Uh, but it's, I just want to give a shout out to fucking Terrifier 2 for a $250,000 film that ended up making 11 something million dollars in fucking theater when we did not expect it to. That is just fucking impressive. And like what it shows for that budget is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. It was, yeah, low budget done right, right? Yeah. But they had more mu- money than they did the first time around, but they also made the movie a little longer. Yeah. So. Um, surprisingly low budget. Uh, All Eyes, I thought was nice. an example of money done, budget, low budget done right. Uh, very, very well done film. It's available on Tubi uh, about podcaster and trying to redeem himself and conspiracy theory. It's it's quite good. Uh, Scott's already mentioned this one, but Deadstream, I think is another mm. example of what you can do with very little and good directing, good storytelling and good acting. 100%. Yeah. Um, for me, I went with two that are on Tubi. Uh, my runner-up is uh, going to be bringing it up again. Day of Disappearance. Excellent film. Excellent. I, I'm not sure what the budget was, but there had to be like very, very, very little budget of it because there wasn't a lot to this film. Um, but another one that I'm going to bring up is one that our good friend Brandon Orlick suggested I check out, and that was Grotesque. Uh, it was also on Tubi, and this one is basically just a very lighthearted, silly slasher, extremely low budget. The effects are not the greatest, but it is the acting in this that just makes this fun. And Agreed. it's just a lot of kills, a lot of kills. Like, and she's basically Angela from Sleepaway 2. She absolutely Sleepaway is. Camp 2. <laughs> absolutely. Um, which one are we on now? So worth the high budget. Worth the high budget. <laughs> you know i had to think about that one this year i was like oh. <laughs> which one was actually worth because then i thought like high budget like you know certain movies no i didn't choose this one so it's a barbarian for example like it had a budget but i wouldn't say it was like yeah it was only uh barbarian only had a four million dollar budget yeah like that's not to me like a lot of money that's not no. a lot of money at all right so i'm interested to hear which ones you chose all right, so because uh, yeah, this is where I was like going through all like the like you actually went through the budgets. Yep, I went through the theatrical releases and went through the big budgets of them all, and just like seen and got, went with what I thought was worth it. Uh, for me, the runner-up was Halloween Ends. It uh, was a budget of thirty-three million. Um, but my uh, pick for this award goes to Don't Worry, Darling at thirty-five million. Like I just thought that was such a well-made film. That was your pick too. Yeah, it sure was. Nice. Um, so don't worry, darling. And I put Hellraiser. Mm, yeah, see, I was trying to find the budget for Hellraiser. I couldn't. I figured it was high because they had a lot of makeup. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> kind of what effects, I thought. Right? Too, yeah. So I kind of just went with the thought that it was a very high budget and they spent a lot of money. So those were my two. We had the same. And don't worry, darling was just a theatrical masterpiece. They really, really yeah. just well done, right? 
So uh, the next award is most politically relevant. Um, there's quite a few on this one that it could have chose from, but uh, you know, we have our uh, our most our very political podcaster on my side. So I'm very curious to hear what her thoughts are, mm-hmm. Heather. Um, so I think there were two that like there was actually a lot of political movies this year, to be quite honest. Anytime you have a year with Jordan Peele, <laughs> you have a political movie. <laughs> right. Um, you had some other really great ones that came out on Prime that may not be seen as a horror movie so i decided to go with the ones that most people would find most horror and most relevant um and they're tied for me take back the night and soft and quiet Ooh. i think we're two examples of very relevant reflection of violence against women um the victim blaming the it, it, that it's a problem yet again it's a problem and i'm so tired of hearing well not all men of course not all men but there's a problem and it needs to be addressed yeah so and then also the the blatant racism in soft and quiet and classism and the subtle racism and the so many issues in that film and that's like watching a real conversation when you're watching someone argue that she wasn't promoted because someone else who's of a different ethnicity got promoted over her because of that ethnicity when you can kind of tell that in that whole conversation she's not a team leader like she's not she doesn't have strong leadership skills i figured that out from the fucking conversation i'm like no wonder you didn't make it to manager i can tell here you can't fucking manage your own life let alone like you're not presenting the skills that would be needed. This pro- person probably did. And now you're trying to find another reason for it. Exactly. Right. And I thought those two movies to me really stood out. Yep. I had a feeling both those would be on your list. Uh, one of them I share with you, and that is the runner up Take Back Tonight. Because, nice. yeah, like, because uh, this one shows not only do men not believe like what a woman has gone yes. through with this, but also women not believing mm-hmm. that women another woman women. Go, Yeah. And it's yeah. just, it's difficult to watch because of that. But my pick for this ward went to the desperate hour. Because it yes. for for America, this School is shooting so yeah. fucking relevant still to this day. Yeah. Fuck you're right. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> um yeah. yeah, so that one was a tough one right there. Um and then uh, yeah, that's the word go next word you can Yeah, have. it's mine, right? So most reflective of 2022. Yep. So this, you know, these two kind of the two categories right here kind of go back and forth with each other. They do. There's a little bit of similarities to them, but uh, you know, I, I was looking at what would be more reflective of this year, like specifically, and definitely after all the shit that went down politically with, uh, you know, the uh, uh, drawing a blank here, January sixth. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, fucking attacks, uh, the break-ins of the White House and stuff like yeah. that. Um. Soft and quiet, just as my runner up for that, because like, totally. yeah, these people are still out there causing all sorts of problems and just causing yep. havoc and just being pieces of shit and racism, unfortunately, will mm-hmm. never, ever go away. But uh, what I found to be my number one pick was don't worry, darling. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just it's that whole wishing you were still back in the 50s where women cooked and clean mentalities and shit like that and didn't have a job and this and that and like just basically like Rob Humphrey's stream yeah (laughs) Yeah. like men running the show while women do all the housework and nothing else absolutely I think that's two really great examples I kind of went the similar route uh reflective of 2022 I watched a little film Uh, It's a Canadian film and it was at an indigenous community. These kids were not actors. They had an acting coach come in and teach them how to act, which I found they're acting better than some other shit that I've seen. Um, It was made by CBC. And I think it's about time we reflect the indigenous community in a positive light. And that's called Flashback. 
And I think as a Canadian, I think you should watch this film. And I don't care how that fucking sounds. Yep. <laughs> I think uh, we need to celebrate our Indigenous people that we stole this land from and that we have put in residential schools and ruined a lot of people's lives. So, yeah. Um, and, and that's not the only reason to watch their art. You should watch their art because it's enlightening. But this is a pretty fucking good little creature feature. And it's pretty honest about how police are seen in these communities. Um, it's pretty honest. And I think that it does a good job of taking these kids who aren't actors and giving them a chance to play roles. I actually thought they did quite good for having an acting coach come in and teach them how to act. Like, yeah, I really bothered me. I saw a post shitting on this and it really bothered me actually a I, lot. I could tell. Yeah. Because I'm like, dude, like they weren't actors. They had, if you did some research, you would know that someone came in and they trained them how to act. So like, yeah, I get it. It doesn't have to be our number one film of the year. And you don't have to like, be like, oh my God, but like, at least understand that I've seen other big blockbuster movies that came out this year that had worse acting in it than this movie. So, Uh, yeah, you know, um, anyway, so that one and also Master, which was a movie that was available Mm. on Prime. And it reflected um, an individual who's Black's experience in the post-secondary system. And from someone who works at a post-secondary institution, I can tell you it's 100% accurate. Um, And I say this with confidence because I shared it with some of my Black colleagues And I said, you know, as a white woman, I don't really, like, I think this is what happens, but I would love to hear your perspective if you're comfortable. Got back to me that like, Heather, you're 100% right. That is exactly conversations that I've had said around me, to me, um, how I've been made to feel, 100%. So I think those two movies, not overly, especially Master's not overly strong in horror, but I think it's very, very relevant to 2022 and the and the factors that we're facing and the and the way that we're trying to build true equity among everybody. You know, yeah. like less pie, don't worry, less pie for white people ain't gonna change our place on the chain, the food chain. It's all right. You're right, exactly. <laughs> we're pretty high up there, guys. You know, it's about making sure there's equity for everyone and everyone has true chances to be able to obtain success. So um, I thought those movies were great for that this year. Those two. Yeah, that was like good choices because yeah, I, I didn't even think about Master. I could, like because that was one I watched so long ago. I just oh yeah, forgot right? about it. And that's the problem. Sometimes we watch this stuff back in February, January, March, and then like you know December comes and we're like, yeah, what did I see again? Like that's why Letterbox. You know, sounds like a promo again for Letterbox, but why Letterbox is so great, right? Like you well, can go in and look to see. And I, and I have to like I didn't even give my praises to Letterbox, but thankfully for Letterbox, this is how I was able to like actually have runners up this time around because i actually created the awards for myself on a private page on letterbox and was like drop dragging and dropping all the movies that i thought fit those categories as i was watching them so that way when it came time to pick the awards i'm just going okay let me look through these all right these ones were the best out of this category and i actually had them all lined up there didn't have to sit there and do like a lot of thinking makes it so much easier doesn't it it does right um so yeah i guess uh the next one is uh Hmm. One of one of our one of our favorite categories, overhyped. Uh, Heather. Oh man, this is super easy for me. Scream 2022. Get the fuck out of here. Honestly, if I have to hear any more about Scream Six, fuck off. You know what I'm looking forward to? Cocaine Bear and Blood and Honey and <laughs> yeah. Megan and anything else than another Scream film. But hey, it will make money. Gives people acting opportunities. The main checks in. It's fine. I just didn't need another Scream movie. And the other way is Halloween ends. And I, and can I add in hearing horror fans complain about Halloween ends? Hmm. Um, that kind of goes in together for me. The yeah. fighting about Scream 2022 and Halloween ends was the most fucking annoying fighting I've heard in years. 
the whining about those movies or like the arguing in favor of uh yep. um, surprisingly surprisingly though i mean you pick great choices but surprisingly we had different choice for this oh my god what do you think was the most overhyped i don't have a runner-up there was only one film but i mean scream 2022 is similar to what i picked i picked five cream <laughs> <laughs> Yes, definitely uh, five yep. cream. Scream twenty, scream five twenty two, or scream twenty twenty two, or five cream. However you want to call it, yeah, I call five it five cream. cream. Um, thanks to Rob Humphrey, <laughs> but um, yes. yeah, way overhyped. Like you know, I get that you know there are fans for this franchise, but I watched this and I swear I rolled my eyes so fucking hard during this film. I seen my brain. It was just yeah. I I don't get I don't get it. It's it was yeah. I am not the target audience for this. I mean, yeah, no. like I'll I'll go see Scream Six just because I try to support horror whenever I can, and just hope that you know they will do something unique and different. But well, they're in Manhattan. Yeah, I was gonna say, hopefully it's Vancouver, Manhattan. <laughs> Only if it's Vancouver, Manhattan will it be the best Manhattan to be honest. Yes, exactly. Um, underheight. Oh yeah, underheight. Sorry, your yep. turn. Well, no, I'll say yeah, the, that's your category. Oh right, underheight, Scott. All right. <laughs> Well, it's underhyped. <laughs> uh, I only had one for this one as well. Um, okay. And when I went with underhyped, it's just one that I felt didn't get talked about nearly enough. And that is Midnight. Yeah, like, agreed. I think 100%. it just silently got put, I think it just got dropped on Prime. And unless you were digging for movies to watch, you would have never known this film existed. And that's a, that is unfortunate because Midnight is just a phenomenal film all the way, all the way around. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I felt two underhyped films this year are Barbarian did not get the push in this community that it should have. Um, and Fresh. I felt were yeah. two films that were fucking phenomenal that belong on almost everybody's top 10. Yeah, I have. I will say I have a feeling Barbarian will be on a lot of people's top I, 10. I hope so. Um, I just feel like so much talk about Scream and Halloween Ends and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Pearl and X. I feel like Barbarian got like this year's Nighthouse. Yeah. It was a film that I don't want to say real cinema goers, but people that maybe watch more than your low hanging cinema fruit. Yeah. Watched this year and very, very, very well done horror film. Yeah, great um, choices there. Oh, yeah. This is another one of my favorite categories right? coming up now, though. This is where we're getting angry. These are yeah. anger categories. It's not horror. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, mine is pretty quick for this. Don't worry, darling. Uh, ah, nice. I feel like a lot of people shit on that and say it's not a horror movie. I don't fucking care. It's awesome. It is. It's great. Everyone should watch it. Best movie of the year. Yep, mine. Um, and that what? Okay, did was that? Uh, did you have a runner up or was it just no, that one? Okay, just that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good choice because uh, that was my runner up. Don't worry, darling. And uh, my number one pick, just because I've heard so many people argue if it's horror or not, and that is Nope by Jordan Beale. What? I have heard so oh, for many fuck's people. Sakes. It's a fucking like, horror movie. Yeah, they're like, it's it's science fiction. It's about an alien. But I'm like, no, it's fucking horror. It's <laughs> they're like once again, peel back the layers, people. Jordan, Jordan Peele, literally just he's like an onion. You peel the layers back, and there is horror of all sorts in this film. Right, right. Oh my gosh. All right. So going on that science fiction, is it science fiction? Is it horror? Who cares? It's good. Yeah, another one of my favorites. Uh, so this one I had for my runner-up, Prey, because I've heard Excellent. people arguing that one, if it was sci-fi or not. Um, but the one that I gave the award to is uh, Benson and Moorhead's new film, Something in the Dirt. 
Nice. And that is the one where it's these two guys that are uh, like living in like the same apartment complex and they decide to create a documentary thinking that they've caught a uh, paranormal something or others happening in the house. And if you know Benson and Moorhead, they skirt the line of horror. It's more just like a think piece and a real look at how people look at this as a way to make money. And it's oh, nice. a very fascinating movie. Nice. I love it. I haven't seen that yet. I'll have to watch it. Um, for me, it was Duel. Mm. I think Duel was an excellent fucking science fiction, well-acted, delivered movie that I like a lot of people will skip over it. Um, again, excellent film, Duel. Yeah, that is you a know, great one too. I think it's on demand unless it's available somewhere in the States. Uh, yeah, I think it is just uh, to rent. Yeah, very, very good science fiction-y. What would you do if you could clone yourself and then you're going to die, so you clone yourself and then you're not going to die and you and your clone have to duel out to the death. Like, it's a pretty cool concept, actually. So that is mine. All right. So the uh, next category is a little too real. Mm. These one, there's a lot of those this year. Yeah. I, I I think we're going to hear some echo, an echo chamber, unfortunately, but I know we've talked about this movie a lot, a lot but I'm going to say soft and quiet for me. Mm. And that's my only one. That one was just a little too real. The conversations felt a little too reflective. It felt like I was actually watching this shit happen um, for me. Yeah, that is uh, one that I had been going back and forth with, but I went with a couple others because these ones have not really gotten talked about much. And this one, I'm actually shocked you did not have as a runner up or on your category because you had talked about it so, so much in the beginning when we watched it. And that is my runner up, they, them, the uh, whole, uh, what do they call that with the uh, conversion camps? Yeah, that was really, you're right. That was a little too real. Like that, that was, that's a really good choice, Scotty. Yeah, that one, like, I, it's just stuck with me since then. I'm like, yeah, hey, it's not, it's not a great slasher or whatever, but like, it's, but like the fact that it's like the reality of just, you know, these conversion camps are a thing and what these fucking do. The horror in that was the conversations and the hate and the, and like, as a heterosexual person, I can't understand that. Yeah. You know, my sexual preference is presented everywhere I go. People assume I'm straight. I am straight. I have no idea what it's like to be ostracized for my sexual preference. Right. And I think you're, I'm really glad you brought that to the table. I didn't think of that one. And that is fucking right on the money. Yeah. Like that one was just uh, that one, like these, these two that I'm going to mention are basically could have either one taken the award. Mm -hmm. um, but the next one is take back the night. Just another one. Excellent. Because once again, this one, like, yeah, we talked about it a little bit about how it's just like, you know, a woman gets assaulted, but, uh, and no one believes her, but the reason no one believes her is because she is a drug addict or she was a drug addict. Mm -hmm. And everyone just thinks, oh, just because you're on drugs or you're fucked up or you're just all sorts like, but no one believes her because of that. And unfortunately, that happens way too fucking often. It does. It does happen. You're right. Um, good picks. Well, thank you. All, all right. Best horror documentary. Ooh, all right. So there was uh, one that I really wish I would have watched, and that was uh, the one that you ended up watching. It was like that three and a half hour long like folk documentary. Uh, yeah, the folk horror one. Yeah, it was I, really good. I wanted to watch that. Never got a chance to get around to it. But uh, my runner up was Pennywise, the story of it. I thought mm -hmm. that was just a very Excellent. fascinating, like in-depth look at that TV miniseries and just like all the details they went into with talk the people they talked to. But just because this was kind of a thing that occurred to me this year and my absolute love for newfound love for the found footage genre, I went with the found footage phenomenon 
because that just was so fascinating to like see how many found footage films there were and like and when it started and like how it just like built from where it is to where it was to where it is now as a genre i and like the films they brought up like it gave me a lot to look for same scenes. nice yeah i loved the found footage one i thought it was really inclusive uh how it covered all the different levels of found footage and stuff that i didn't even think about to be honest um and how it kind of mapped it up to today and how found footage can be done good like done right kind of thing and uh we watched a lot of good found footage this year and i think that that really kind of tied in uh i liked the pennywise one it didn't get runner up for me but i really did like the found footage one i've watched it twice i liked it so much did you really nice yeah i found it that interesting scott knows i don't watch anything twice because i think it's a waste of time so if i watch something twice it's because i liked it exactly yeah that says a lot right there yeah that's awesome good old shuddy thanks shuddy shuddy (laughs) um but uh, yeah, the next category, and there, this one also had a lot of good options. Uh, best yeah. international film. Yeah, this this Ooh. was a good year for international. This horror. one was tough for me. Yeah, it really was. Uh, Old people got runner up for me. I thought that was actually a really good take on um, our mature population and how we treat them and what would happen if they rebelled and had super old people strength. Uh, and Midnight, we talked a lot mm. about it already. That movie is a sleeper hit. The fucking villain in that is mwah. Excellent, excellent, excellent. The protagonists are oh, amazing. Great film. Really, really good film. Yep. And that is my number one award right there, too, is Midnight. Because, yep, for everything you said, like it's just, it was a sleeper hit and it's just an amazing, well made, well acted film. Um, but I did give a runner up uh, to one that we have not brought up yet. And I figured it deserved, or I thought it deserved some attention. And that is Piggy. Yeah. I, like, I wish they would have not released it with the overdubbing and actually released it as natural yeah. language. But I found the story to be just like, you really felt for this poor girl, like the shit she was going through. Yeah. And then, but at the same time, you felt angry at her for the decisions, the decisions she was making throughout it too. Like, but like, it just pulled on your emotions in many different ways. And I love that. Like, I thought it was really well done. She did the right thing that I don't know if I could have done. Yes. Yeah, that, that movie is a very, very good, strong horror movie that came out this year. Very, very good. Um, a good look at bullying, too. Yeah, 100%. And fat shaming. Yeah. Like, unnecessary. Like, why yeah, and- Why would anyone feel the name to sh- need to shame how somebody looks? Like, what kind of fucking loser are you, honestly? You know what I yeah. mean? And like, then, and- and it's just in this like because it's just cruel and then like what this movie shows is that you know nowadays bullying is unfortunately something that you take home with you because of the social media like you're getting picked on there too even it's just you can't escape it yeah and it's like harassment yeah it's actually it is harassment like i don't know i don't understand how like people get off and making fun of how someone looks right but are like you know you're that low on yourself that you don't anyway it is what it is right um good choices good choices all right well lighten the mood a little bit he he that's funny best horror comedy uh there were two for me this year obviously i talked about cursed friends which makes me laugh historically because i thought mtv just nailed it with delivering like the tagline scariest movie you'll see on mtv <laughs> so fucking funny uh, Su- suicide for beginners i thought was really fucking funny too excellent fucking film low budget done right really well acted really funny very comical Nice. Yes. Uh, that is uh, my runner up suicide for, get- mm. for beginners, just because like that antagonist main character that you're following is a bumbling idiot. 
that just one silly thing happens after another and then just that third act where he just fucking snaps and just starts taking out everybody in the neighborhood because they're seeing what's happening and oh my god it's so ridiculous and funny but my number one award for this was Deadstream because I just found not only the character and his reactions to everything hilarious because that guy who did such a great job acting wise and but also the shit that was coming up on the live feed with the text from everybody that's watching yeah. the live stream. Oh my God. That was so realistic, but so fucking hilarious. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Fuck. That was, oh man, good times. Good, funny yeah. times. Good. Lighten the mood. Exactly. Um, now the next category, uh, that one is, can you tell me a story? The best anthology film of the year. Heather, how about you? Because this one was an interesting one. This was hard. And you know, I got to give a shout out to it. Little little Rob Zombie's little brother. Oh, yeah. Spider Allegory. One. Yeah, Allegory, yeah. You know what, Spider One? Keep it up. That wasn't a horrible film. There were some good stories in that one. Yeah. You got it, buddy. You just keep, you just keep pushing some out because I think you got some talent. Um, but the two that I have is tied for first place is Scare Package 2 and Sign Cinema. Oh, nice. And I thought both were like those the, when I thought back on anthologies, those were the only three to me that stood out that I would say to people, you should watch them. Allegories, uh, Tiny Cinema, and Scare Package 2. Those are the three to check out. Well, Scare Package 2 is a little more comical. Uh Allegory is more dark. Um yeah. And I would say Tiny Cinema's in the middle. Um, yeah, that one was funny. But that's what dark. she said. That, <laughs> God, that story. <laughs> um, excellent. Those those made up for the lack of the other shitty anthologies that came out this year. Yeah, and for me, uh, I'll give a shout out to uh, VHS 99. I yeah. really did have fun with that one. Shout um, out VHS 99. Especially that uh, final segment by the same directors and writers of uh, mm-hmm. Deadstream. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just so much fun. But uh, yeah. my runner-up was Scare Package 2, because fuck. Nice. And we're just saying something, because I was not a fan of the first film. Like, compared... No, you didn't like it as much as I did. And this one, oh my god, I must have just been in the right mood or something, but this one fucking hit me in the funny bones. You're in a happier place this year, that's why. That is true. Um, but uh, one that I don't think you got a chance to watch, because we had I had to rent this one, but uh, this is also thanks to Dave Bailey's recommendation, and that is The Christmas Tapes. Oh, I'll have to wrench it. Yeah, this one was, uh, I, I liked the wraparound, where just a stranger, like, family is having christmas uh on christmas eve and a stranger shows up saying his car broke down and they're like oh it's a christmas time you shouldn't be left out in the cold come on inside well he ends up being basically like a uh killer or basically just holding them hostage and making them watch these uh videotapes while he's like tormenting them and each each video segment or story i thought was very interesting i wish they would have expanded a little more on uh the second story made it a little bit longer because like it just seems to have ended abruptly. And the third story wasn't much of a story. I think it was like three minutes long. But uh, like every segment in it, though, I thought thought was very entertaining. Like I, I just really enjoyed it. It was like a nice indie uh, anthology this year. Awesome. I'll have to rent it. Um, all right. We're stranded. Best survival horror. Mm. So this one, I was struggling a little bit. Um, but I uh, like one of them really stood out because obviously it totally fit the whole survival horror thing. But I put that as my runner up and that is fall. 
Me too. Nice. Yes. Because uh, yeah, like I mean, that is like the epitome of what we, what you and I yeah. think of as survival horror: getting stranded somewhere and not being able to, like, how surviving in the elements. Um, Scott, after a night of drinking, we're out and we're stranded in downtown Hamilton. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's but- our survival horror. I'm curious to see what yours will be, but uh, my main award went for no exit. Not mine. Oh, because yeah, it should have been. Yep, stranded in, stranded during a winter winter Actually, blizzard with a bunch of people, and I I changed my answer. No exit. <laughs> no exit. Yes, hundred percent. Continue what you're saying. But yeah, I just like the uh, story behind this. Where this one came out earlier in the year, so it was. It took me a second going. Oh yeah, this would be survival horror. But yeah, yeah, they are stranded during a major snowstorm in this like tavern, and you're with all these strangers, and one of them or two of them you find out are uh, have kidnapped someone mm-hmm. and left them in the van and like this whole scenario that plays out there when the one character finds out what is going on and then you know who to tell and who not to tell and who you can trust and whatnot and very good uh survival horror in my eyes. good protagonist yeah good protagonist i changed my answer so i have the same thing as scotty now because i love no exit it almost made my top 10. Really? I liked it so much. Yeah, I really enjoyed that film. I thought it was really, really well done. Um, yeah, my top 10 is going to be interesting. It's not going to be your basic bitch. Mine may be. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's will be for sure. Um, yeah, so I guess you're next. Uh, all right. Oh, yeah. So uh, the next one is Haunting Done Right. Best ghost film. Mm-hmm. So a shouty out to the one that Scott has been praising, Day's Disappearance. Excellent mm, fucking nice. ghost film. Low budget done right. This gentleman was awesome. I hope to see more from him. Well, check it out. It's a good little ghost story. Uh, but for big theatrical production, this year was a real week in ghost stories. I'll be honest. Like, yeah, there, there were some that were okay. Like they were okay. Ivana was the only one that stood out for me as creepy, scary, got the job done. And you can find that bad boy on Prime. And hopefully Scott will one day see one with the good audio, but Yep, I'll say I think the audio sticks now, so I'll, I'll just have to go back and watch it. Um, but yeah, good choice. Um, for me, uh, runner up was Smile. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. uh, just because what I've said before, it's just basically a like it, it's more like a curse, but it's also like it's also an entity. So I considered it a ghost mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is basically following the main character around after she has been cursed. But uh, for Haunting Done Right, I had to go Deadstream again. Like it's just the the spirit of Mildred just and all of the people in the house that she has captured, like the corner man and the little children and every one of those ghosts were just creepy and just also gave me that evil dead two vibes. And I just, yeah. Fuck yeah. Awesome. Fuck yeah. All right. Let's exercise the demon. <laughs> Best professed procession film. Not a lot this year. So <laughs> nope. Oh man, um, when I looked at this category, Scott, I'm like, so I counted five, I think. Yeah, I I think that was about the same for me. And like that was like me considering smile obsession film. Oh, okay. Right. Uh so let's see if uh we have similarities here. So uh my runner up was Studio 666. Oh shit, yeah, that should have been my runner up. <laughs> it's <was> funny. <laughs> yeah, because Dave Grohl gets possessed by a demon oh, and shit, starts that was just great. killing everybody off. <laughs> Oh, so man. much fun. Studio um, 666 was jokes. It's so good. Um, but the uh, best exorcism or possession film for me this year was Exorcism of God. I oh. just loved the way this film played out. It was a unique take on exor- exorcism films. 
Like where instead of, you know, you exercising the demon out of someone, the demons are exercising fucking God from this priest. It's dark and twisted and haunting. And like it goes places that most exorcism films never would have thought of going. It's really freaking good. Like I was impressed. I I am impressed that you liked that film so much. I was not a fan, but that's okay. Uh, that's why we do these awards. Uh, mine is one film and one film alone. And I'll be honest with you, this year was not a year for these films. Um, Incarnation on Netflix. Oh, yeah, I just watched yeah. that actually. Right. Uh, I That was the best of the pile. <laughs> Which isn't really saying too much, but it was okay. Yeah, because yeah, Incantation was getting a lot of love from a lot of like uh, big websites like Bloody Disgusting and uh, yeah, Dread Central. And I'm like, okay, I'll watch it because like I never heard many people talking about it. And it was on people's top tens on their websites. And I'm going, all right, well, I'll give it a watch. I'm going, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Like I just found it less annoying than other ones. So that's right. why it's it's at the pot, top of the pile there. All right. Um, so the next category, I love to say, I want to say this one, stabby, stabby, pokey, pokey, best slasher film. <laughs> There's been a, quite a few of them this year. Oh, it's definitely a scream 2022. Just so original. Wasn't able to predict when any of the kills would occur. <laughs> Didn't have any idea who the killer was within the first fucking five minutes of the movie. Um, okay. Now that I've alienated all the scream fans, um, sissy. Mm, yeah. Sissy to me was a fucking phenomenal slasher. Where the anti-hero uh, is who you end up rooting for. Go Taylor Swift, Rob Humphreys. Mm. Um, yeah, good movie. Nice, great choice. What about you? Uh, I had a runner-up and uh, main one. Uh, my runner-up was Grotesque, just because nice. I had it reminded me a lot of Sleepaway Camp Two again. I just love, I just love the fun that this film had, like with like the way the character played everything out. Um, but um, once again, my number one is Terrifier 2. It is a brutal fucking slasher, and Terrifier 2 has for sure cemented Art the Clown as the new icon in the slasher genre. Like, he's now got two full feature-length movies, uh, wasn't an anthology, and he had another short film before that, which I did not know about until recently. So oh. I'm, so yeah, he, Art the Clown is becoming the new icon in horror, like even more so now after the success of Terrifier 2. Awesome, awesome. All right. Hey, look at this mysterious tape. Found footage, best found footage film. All right. Once again, this year nailed it with found footage. There were oh, so yeah, sure many did. good films. Um, but for me, I've already brought these two up before, but uh the runner-up goes to when the screaming starts. I just had a blast. You know, it doesn't really technically fit like the found footage because I don't think it was technically found footage, if I remember correctly. It was more like a documentary. Yeah, um, that's okay. But but it still fits that genre. Uh, but the uh, number one film, and I've praised it a million times, and it's Deadstream because it did everything a found footage film needs to do correctly. And that is have an excuse for why they are filming certain things. Have an excuse for why there's music playing have an excuse for um the cameras have an excuse for every little thing like even when it's like hey i'm by myself but yet somehow you're seeing all these different angles oh don't worry i have a watch on my like that let me i tap this watch and it'll let me go to different spots on my ipad to see which room i'm watching now like it's these people the directors watched this uh watched a ton of found footage and uh looked at what you should do in found footage and what you shouldn't do and they fucking they did their homework and they nailed it agreed agreed uh for me there was one i thought there were many good found footage films that came out this year it was a year of found footage 
Um, I knew what you were going to say. So I thought I'd bring something different. The Andy Baker tapes. Mm. I thought that the two characters, and there's actually one scene where they're at this place eating, supposed to be a food vlog, and people are like, are you filming a documentary? And they're actually like filming their film and it was not planned. And you can tell that they're like trying not to laugh because (laughs) these people just came in on their found footage film. Um, I thought this movie was great. I thought the character development was awesome. I thought the hotel scene was great. So realistic that the cops did get called. Um, Excellent, excellent found footage done right. Excellent, excellent, right? 100%. Yeah. Good, good. These are free on Tubi as well. Well, Deadstream's on Shutter, but yeah. uh, this one's on Tubi and definitely worth your time. All right. So the next one kind of goes can go alongside the found footage genre, but that is smash that like like button and subscribe. <laughs> uh, the best social media horror film. So this is basically it could be found footage as in you know YouTube channel type thing, or it could just be like social media used in like a regular style film. Um, I went the found footage route with this one. Uh, so one Heather just mentioned, the Andy Baker tapes. I gave uh, as my runner-up just because of the whole uh, the doing a food blog type YouTube channel and like the, the success he's trying to find with that. And then, of course, I already brought this one up, but Deadstream because he's live streaming. It is He's a YouTube personality. Like I, I couldn't not put that one on social media. Well, I did have that one as well as my runner-up. So we won't go over anymore because we've talked about it a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but the one that I want to bring to you is Lexi. I thought Lexi was that an was excellent social media, found footage, horror film. It is available on the Tubi and it's definitely worth your time. Excellent, excellent film. Yeah, uh, very good. Like you had me watch that one recently and I freaking dug it. Uh, so yeah, the next category. All right. Swimming with the fishes. Swimming, swimming with the fishes. See? <laughs> That's shark film. <laughs> all right, Scotty. Since you had to watch all those shark films that you, I made you watch. Oh, you put me through hell. It's all your fault, Heather. Shark side <laughs> of the moon takes it. Shark Sharkula. Side of the moon. Sharkula. Um, but no, I ended up going with my runner-up as The Reef Stranded. Yeah. I found that because none of the shark films this year were great. Like, I mean, most shark films aren't great like nowadays, but yeah. Um, this one I found to be entertaining. But uh, the one that I ended up going with was uh, Shark Bait. I found that we one had the same, to be the most fun. We had the same, only reverses. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But yeah, I just had a lot of fun with this one because it's uh, you know, a group of friends just enjoying a weekend uh, with jet skis and they get stranded out in the ocean when yeah. a shark attacks. And like, it's very simple plot, but like, I just, I liked the characters. None of the characters were annoying. The effects for the shark were pretty decent. Like it wasn't terrible CGI or anything like that. Like, yeah, it, it was just an all around fun shark film. Awesome. Well, I had the same and I felt the same way. So those were two really fun sharky films that came out this year. Nice. Um, uh, so I'll let you do the next all right so uh the next one is hmm this seems familiar <laughs> best remake sequel or prequel uh, all right so i so had I'm two curious. hellraiser was my runner-up nice. because i thought it was a really great adaptation uh, of hellraiser and the prizes and the solving of the puzzle box and i don't care how people feel about this fucking next one because i don't like a lot of the movies in this series except for a handful of them chick texas chainsaw massacre was motherfucking entertaining Fuck yeah. It had some great kills in it and people can stop bitching about it. It wasn't a shitty movie. It was entertaining enough. And it was a Fox and Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. It was fine for what it was. Exactly. 
Um, and yep, we had uh, one similarity, and uh, but uh, I will give my runner up, and that is Terrifier 2. I found that to be a very fun, disturbing, dark sequel. Uh, but my uh, main pick was Hellraiser. Like, I just, I have always been a fan of the Hellraiser, like, like as a character, Pinhead or the Hellpriest. And I've always wanted like them to bring him back in a great way. And they did and brought him, brought him back in a different way as a her. And it was Jamie Clayton is the hell priest. It was fucking phenomenal. Like I just, I praise the shit out of this movie. I love it to death. Like it's so fucking good. So bravo Hellraiser. Yes. Agreed. 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 All right. Where are we? Don't judge. Don't you judge me. That's guilty <laughs> pleasure film. So bad. It's good. All right. So my choice, there was a couple this time, but uh, Heather will uh, get a laugh out of this first. So my runner up, I'll do uh, grotesque because once again, it's just corny. It's cheesy. It's not the greatest film, but it's fun. But Heather, don't you judge me. Where dear? Where dear was <laughs> fucking fun as hell. I don't care what you say. It was low budget. It was stupid, but God damn did I have fun with it. <laughs> All right. Well, mine is cursed friends. I brought that up already. Bitch ass. Bitch I don't ass. care what you <laughs> say, Scott. I thought bitch ass was awesome. Oh, that's amazing. And all the games that they play, I think it's, I don't know. I think it was very much like urban horror. It's supposed to be urban, urban four core. Yeah, yeah, urban, yeah, urban horror was what I call it. So right? like Tales from the Hood style. Yeah, like I loved it. I thought it was fucking great. I liked bitch ass. Everyone should watch bitch ass because Scott didn't like it because he has no taste. Oh, it's, it's I, I didn't mind movie. it. I didn't hate it. I didn't mind it. But at least I watched it, Heather. Unlike I'm not you watching Where Deer. Where Deer, Where Deer was fun. Watching Where Deer. It's not happening. Christmas yeah, is over. Yeah, 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 I don't watch yeah, Christmas yeah. movies unless it's Christmas time. Fine. So, so next uh, next Christmas you'll. Oh watch. yeah, for sure. I'll be right on my watch list. <laughs> we'll forget by then, and we won't have this conversation. Nope, I'm not gonna ever forget. <sighs> <laughs> all right continue on all right so the next category is ew it's all slimy best body horror film there wasn't this year a lot to choose from no. i didn't think um but of course when there's body horror you gotta give a, at least give the runner-up a guy to give the shout out to of course david cronenberg the godfather of body horror same one crimes of the future crimes of the future like the body horror and that was just it was gross it was interesting like the whole movie i found fascinating like it was a very interesting take but like yeah the body and horror and that he came back with a bang uh, but my number one uh, best body horror film was The Cursed. I, uh, you know, The Cursed is basically a werewolf film, but the body horror in this one is very disturbing and unique and like a different take on the werewolf, the lycanthrope style virus like that this causes. Like, especially with like when they cut open the one transformed version and you see the human version inside that's coming out and starting to transform. It's disturbing. It's gross. Like it's freaky. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. Uh, the only thing I would add on is men for mm. the scene at the end. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That one. Hmm. Best sequence of grossness was that scene of men birthing each other. That was so fucked up. Yeah. That was definitely uh, some great body horror that they did there. Um, who goes there? Best home invasion film. 
All right. So I gave a runner up to this because there was uh, quite a few of these actually this year. Uh, but the one I went with for runner up was who invited them? Mm-hmm. Just an excellent uh, take on the home invasion. You know, party breaks up and oh, there's two people still left from the party. And oh, shit. Who would crazy. be Scott and I? Yeah, right. Hey, we got drunk, we're and drunk into the bathroom and, and passed out. That's why it's exactly. nothing as exciting as this. But uh, I chose one that's a little more unique in this category, and that is the leech. Because they, oh, yeah. they weren't oh, yeah. really invading. I mean, they weren't really like, you know, breaking and entering into a home, but they were invading this priest's home by like moving in and just taking it over. Oh, Mickey agrees. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the leech I found just to be a great representation of home invasion. Because yeah, this priest lets these people in that he feels he's helping and they just completely ruin everything about him and his idea ideologies well mickey's like perfecting me right now from a home invasion i had the same who invited them i didn't think of a leash leech that's a really good example yeah those are because yeah, both great home invasion films absolutely all right i think you're next right uh yep so home for the holiday best holiday themed horror i feel film. like you just made this category so you could say where deer no, i'm pretty not. fucking sure that's what nope, you did where deer is not even on this list well so i'm curious to hear what yours are though christmas bloody christmas so it's definitely my pick nice um, i bought that robot robotic santa claus come to life and fuck up shit for an hour and a half it's fairly entertaining fuck yeah because that is uh that is my number one award too it's christmas Aww, christmas look at that but i did give a honorable mention to uh, or runner up to terrifier too because you know when i say holidays didn't have to be just christmas it had to, could be halloween or whatever and that one what he yeah. didn't specify that in the awards you said I, holidays and it's christmas yeah. time holidays how many holidays think? do we have oh for fuck's sake scotty okay fine. that's why i said best holiday themed horror <laughs> but uh i i felt terrifier 2 did a good job of representing halloween like because it was uh, once again happening on halloween night there was halloween parties going on sienna was dressed as this badass battle angel um but yeah um so on to the next category <laughs> i just wanted to choose weird year um low budget done right best indie film scott what was your oh shit film? All right, so runner-up goes to Suicide for Beginners. And then, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, and then Terrifier 2, just because like I brought up way earlier, the $250,000 budget making $11 million in theaters. That's low budget done right right there. Yeah, I agree with you about Suicide for Beginners. And uh, I would echo Terrifier 2 as well. Absolutely. Those two deserve that. Um, now we get a little bit more, I don't know, a little different. Um you can give the the name for this one. I think it's your turn to give yep. the name of the word, right? Yay! Movies! <laughs> Best non-horror film. Uh, so I chose two. Uh, not, how about Heather go? I have one. I have one. 13 Lives. I thought that was one of the best films that came out this year. The acting was incredible. The story was emotionally driven. Uh, even though you know what's going to happen, you still don't know what's going to happen. Like, you're like, do all these kids make it out? I knew all the kids made it out. Spoiler, like, everyone knows the story, but fuck how they got these kids out of these tunnels is incredible. Uh, 13 Lives. Worth it if you haven't nice. watched it yet. All right. So uh, I'm shocked to say this again. Uh, well, I 
listened back to our 2021 awards episode and y'all were making fun of me during this category saying, oh, Scott's going to pick The Northman. He's already going to pick it for 2022. <laughs> That's going to be his number one film. Well, I am sad to say I still have not watched The Northman. Oh, so, you're not even a fan. I know, but you know, I just haven't got around to it. It will be watched. But uh, no, I ended up going for a runner-up, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. I had to see it just because it was Sam Raimi. And oh, wasn't it was, Jurassic World? I didn't bother watching that. Oh, what a shitty movie. I know. What a shame I missed it. Oh, fuck. But, uh, piece nah. of shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Now, I'll say for a Marvel film, this was dark. It had a lot of the Sam Raimi style filmmaking and comedy to it and like horror elements to it in a way. Um, so I found this to be very fun. But the number one film in this award for me goes to Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Nice. This was basically a fake biopic on Weird Al. It was basically UHF done telling, like, in a way, telling Weird Al's story. And it is so wrong and inaccurate, but goddamn, is it funny? And Daniel Radcliffe does such a fucking amazing job as Good Weird actor. Al. Oh, it is so entertaining. Like, I was laughing my ass off through the whole entire thing. So fucking good. That's awesome. All right. Someone to keep an eye on. Best first time feature length directorial debut. All right. So, yeah, going to mention this one again for like the millionth time. And that is uh, uh, Joseph and Vanessa Winter directing Deadstream. I agree. I second it. Fucking amazing because they did only short films before this. And yeah, absolutely incredible. I already talked about it a million times. <laughs> and someone to watch out for. I think it's someone that we're going to see a lot of good coming from. He's already had something released in VHS 99. I think we see we can see a lot from himself and his wife. I look forward to seeing what they do in the future. Yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, we'll go on to the next category. And that is, well, that looks real. Best practical effects. Uh, so what are your choices? Well, mine is actually pretty simple. It's Feed Me. Nice. I thought Feed Me had some really good practical effects for cannibalism. And I think they she showed the eating of this guy and dismembering him really, really well. It's it's subtle. I could have gone Terrifier 2 and stuff like that. But I think when I looked at the subtle practical effects that were really strong, um, it was definitely Feed Me. Nice. Great choice. Um, both of mine have already been mentioned uh, about a half dozen to a dozen times at this point. But uh, Terrifier 2, runner up, because yeah, practical effects done were... For the budget, amazing. Um, but my choice was Hellraiser. Yeah, I loved the practical effects look of these Cenobites. They were fucking awesome. The fact that uh, David Bruckner decided to go with a more using their flesh as their costume or as their outfits instead of like just BDSM leather gear, I thought was a fucking awesome, unique choice. And it just looked disturbing. Agreed. Excellent. Excellent. Good, good choices and good um, practical effects for that movie as well. Yeah. Oh, pretty. Most mm. stylish film. All right. So for my most stylish films, I chose Don't Worry, Worry Darling. I, as a runner up, I thought that was a very, like a very unique aesthetic to it with the whole 50s style mm -hmm. look and the way everything was just very colorful and pristine looking and very Agreed. 50s feeling but my most stylish film award goes to pearl this yep. the technicolor filmmaking to this it was just beautiful the colors were vibrant it felt like a twisted version of wizard of oz i have the same only i had x and pearl oh nice i thought that they were this very stylish very well filmed very well done you're a tie west whether yes. they were my two favorite movies or not you're a tie west 
100% agree. And I guess the last one, that's you. All right. And this one uh, was a new category since we always do first-time watches each year of older films. This award is, I've never seen this before. Best first-time watch horror film from previous years. So what did you choose, Heather? Landmine Goes Click 2015. That movie stuck with me. So much so that I made the guys from Horror of Dummies watch it. Dummies of Horror. Dummies of Horror watch it and uh, they loved it now it's their number one feel good film of the year um but yeah love it great film heavy though very heavy yeah i still need to see that one um but uh i ended up doing a runner-up as well for this one uh the runner-up both these films were ones that we picked for our international episodes that we did for our podcast uh the first uh, the runner-up was demon 2015 I thought that was just a incredible film, like relationship wise, exorcism wise, just storyline wise, like showing of a, uh, I think it was Polish wedding, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was Polish. Uh, and yeah, just like just everything about that film I thought was fantastic. But the film I ended up going with was The Medium. Since I did not watch it last year, I'm glad we decided to cover it for our, uh, what was it, our uh, Taiwanese or? Yeah. Uh, but God damn, this movie was excellent and disturbing and dark. It was so fucking good. It was good. Uh, it was but, good. Uh, but yeah, that is the end of all of our awards. That was, uh, this has been a very crazy year for horror films. It has um, been, it has been. And uh, we will do our top 10. So I'm thinking the best way to do it is maybe we just go off. We'll do all this honorable mentions. You list honorable mentions. You give your 10. I give my 10. You give your nine. I'll give my nine. Make right. sense? Yep. And uh, can we take a quick break real quick? Oh yeah, yeah. go do what you gotta do. All right, I'll be right back. You ready? You all ready right. for this? Let's bang it out. All right. Honorable mentions for me. Pearl and X, Hellraiser, Terrifier 2, Hatching Master. Nice. Uh, so my honorable mentions were Soft and Quiet, Terrifier 2, The Sadness, Suicide for Beginners, and The Leech. Nice. What's your number 10? Uh, my number 10 is, uh, you know, the year of Ty West. It's X. I just X. thought this was a great 70s style film. Gave me very Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Eaten Alive vibes. And Mia Gosp just was badass in it. My 10 is Speak No Evil. Ooh, nice. Uh, What's so your guess, nine? My number nine, uh, Hellraiser. I just loved it. I thought it was great. Awesome. My number nine is a movie that we haven't brought up yet, and it was Jordan Peele's third film, Nope. Nice. I knew it would be on your list somewhere. Yeah. I thought it was an excellent watch. I thought the acting was great. I enjoyed the story. Yeah, it was probably a little too long. I did enjoy the alien reveal. I enjoyed the filming dude when he sings the song Purple People Eater. I thought mm -hmm. it was perfect. I like the discussion on childhood trauma and the, and the pursuit of fame. Um, excellent, excellent film. Great choice. And also, if anyone has, like is a fan of Dummies for Horror, go listen to their review and Tib's thoughts on why this is comparable to Jaws. Very interesting thing. Yeah, the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard ever I in my it was, life. I thought it was kind of fascinating. I thought it was points. reaching. I think he was reaching. <laughs> oh, he was make, reaching to some you could You could compare then this to every single creature feature then, because it's a creature feature, just it like is. Jaws is. So I think that's just him having like an unhealthy relationship with the movie Jaws. Similar <laughs> like, to you have an unhealthy relationship with the movie Gremlins. It's just... I don't know what you're saying. Tim and I do not have unhealthy relationships no. with these films. 
No, no. I'm pretty sure, like, when Tim goes to the strip club to get live dances, he talks about Jaws to them while they're doing the thing. Hey, that's what I do about Gremlins. I know, you're like, ah, oh, man, so there's this Gizmo character. <laughs> the girl's like, can you please just stop talking? <laughs> or guy, or guy. Can you please just stop talking? You need to You need to just shut the fuck up and let I mean, this happen. See, and I'm used to you telling me that all the time, so all right. <laughs> right, you're like, oh, it's like talking to Heather. You know yeah. her? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I guess my number eight. Yeah. All right, so my number eight is Bones and All. I just thought it was a really well done cannibal uh, coming of age story. Very nice. Uh, my number eight is Who Invited Them. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my number seven is When the Screaming Starts. <laughs> so <laughs> much fucking fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. Uh, number seven for me, we haven't brought it up, is Watcher. Um, I really enjoyed this film this year. Micah Moreau, uh, excellent job in this movie. Uh, very subtle, creepy build to it. Um, very, very good horror film. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, great choice. Like, I, I thought it was pretty good. I knew, I had a feeling it may have been on your list on that one. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, my number six, uh, another year of Ty West, it's Pearl. I love just the way it looks. I thought Mia Goth does a incredible incredible job acting wise it's definitely a much different style of film than x it's more of a character study instead of like the slasher style and uh yeah you know i've heard some complaints about you know like she went uh it was a you thought she was you would hope for a story where she started slowly descending into madness or whatnot but this one just shows that she's crazy from the beginning but i had no problem with that i thought it was just a very very well done film that was your jam right yeah um number six for me was when the screaming starts we've nice. already talked about that one a lot but yeah i really enjoyed that one this year all right. And my number five is Smile. I yeah. did not think this film would ever make a top 10 for me when I first seen the trailer. I thought it was just going to be generic jump scare horror. And boy, was I wrong. I love this film. Awesome. Uh, my number five was Barbarian. Nice. We've talked about it a lot. Excellent horror film that came out this year. 100%. Uh, my number four is Midnight. Talked about this one a lot, but uh, yeah. it, excellent. Passing back to you right fresh not a shock this is where we're gonna get to like probably the surprising part was a couple in my top 10 that maybe some people haven't heard of or didn't think about fresh i praised i think it's a great film i really enjoyed it this year um check it out if you haven't seen it excellent yeah because that is a very good film uh my number th- oh boy we're in the top threes uh, so my yeah. number three is the cursed nice. i just once again say this is like a great take on a werewolf film it's not your typical werewolves but I love that it's got the uh, nomadic people curse um, has like a lot of like the old school werewolf mythology behind it. And the creatures looked fucking scary as hell. And it was very, very brutal. It was just a very good story all around too. I just found this whole movie to be just well done period piece horror. Fuck yeah, it was uh, soft and quiet was my number three. Mm, nice. Yep. Um, my number two, Barbarian. Nice. Love that movie. Excellent. Uh, my number two was The Curse, as you brought it up nice. already. Saw this earlier at the beginning of the year. Excellent werewolf film. Super well acted. Stuck to the Irish theme. Not the Irish theme. The Irish folklore. Very, very well. Excellent, excellent movie. Great, great choice. I'm happy to see it on your list. Uh, so my number one, I haven't mentioned it at all this, this entire world. Oh, my God. No, not at all. That's Deadstream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I, I just, knew that was going to be your one. I love it so much. It's so much fun. I could rewatch it over and over and over again. <laughs> it was a good film. My number one is Don't Worry, Darling. I had a feeling. That's right. awesome. So thank you everyone for supporting us this year and for listening to us watch many, many 2022s uh, to bring you this awards and as well as our top 10 list. As we said, we will post our top 10 list with this episode. Uh, we will, if you really want to see our awards, we eat, let us know and give us your email address and we'll send it to you. Um, and moving forward, we will be posting the movies that we watch. Uh, 2023 is always slow to start off with, but that's probably a good thing because we will have some breaks coming up this year. Yeah. Uh, the first break will be, I will be away from January 15th to the uh, 25th of January. We'll probably get one more show in before I leave um probably be a quickie probably be like an hour long because i don't know if we're going to be watching a lot of well we'll see what 2023's come out we'll see if uh we get to watch the, any gems so it might be a quick one which is fine and then i will be back but then scott is going to be leaving and i think scott when when is your trip again the 14th uh my trip is february 10th to the 18th so it'll be an eight day trip so we'll probably get a, a recording in when i come back then there'll be a break because Scott will be gone and he will not be watching any movies. So we probably won't record again until the end of February. So for the months of January and February, you'll probably only get three episodes in total uh, just because of the times that we'll be away. So don't worry. We didn't break up. Don't worry, darling. Don't worry, darling. It's just timing. It's just we both have vacations booked within a couple of weeks with each other. So that kind of throws off our, our scheduling. But Good news is when we get back to regularly recording come March, end of February, there'll be a lot more 2023s out there that we'll be able to talk about. Exactly. So you will hear from us more regularly. Yes. You will. I know you all will miss our sultry voices. Yes. Yes. And us to, and Scott and I watching the finest that Tupi has to offer. Uh, Damn right we you will. Wait. We, we dig real to the bottom of the barrel at the beginning of the year. Just oh, you wait yeah, to some do. gems we're going to talk about. Buckle up. It's going to be oh, great. It is going to be so much fun. So we are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network. You can find us underneath the Kill the Cast feed. Uh, Legion is on Patreon. Uh, being a member of Patreon allows you to get early access to shows, additional access to special shows, as well as promotional codes. So if you haven't joined Legion yet, Scotty has one question for you. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Yes, join us today. We are one. Um, yeah, just thank you everyone for listening and supporting us and, and enjoying horror movies as much as we do it means the world to us that you do choose to tune in. And we've been happy to spend our 2022 year with you. And we look forward to spending our 2023 year with you as well. Anything you want to add, Scotty? Yeah, I'll say, uh, pretty much everything you said, Heather, uh, thank you to everybody for supporting us throughout these uh, couple of years. We have been having a blast doing this and yeah, I'll say, I look forward to what other hidden gems we will find with 2023 and will i watch nearly as many as i did this year we'll see you never know but uh i hope everybody has a safe and happy new year's we are record recording this on new year's eve day so uh obviously this will be out afterwards but uh yeah just hope you guys all had a good time and were safe and had enjoyed your time with friends family loved ones of all sorts just yep just be safe drink responsibly 
smoke responsibly, whatever you do, just be safe and have a good one. And if you have kids, name them after Scott and I. Like if you conceive after listening to this episode, then your children should be named after us or Deadstream, one or the other, actually. We'll we'll accept that as well as a name for your child. And I can't wait to hear of the child named Smoke Show. Right? They're like, oh, (laughs) how did you get your name? My parents like this broadcasting Friday nightmares. Yeah, I'm sure we have that kind of pull and power, right? We sure do. Right? But uh, take care. Happy 2023, everyone. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.